Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good evening, and welcome back. Welcome back to Porsche Cooled. My name is Michael Bath, and this is Owner Stories. We're up to number 74 of the Owner Stories series. I hope you guys are enjoying this new run of owners. Uh, there's been some good ones so far. Um, as you know, I record these in advance. Well, I have been recording them in advance. It's a Saturday night here at the moment in London. Um, this is quite a few weeks in advance, actually, from when you'll actually hear it. But uh, I have a good one today. <laughs> I've got Greg coming in. Greg's coming in from Chicago. You would have seen the cars. I'm laughing because you would have seen the cars that he owns, the Porsches that he owns in the title. Um, he's got a great, great collection. I can't wait to find out more about it. Um, Greg is a friend of uh, Todd from Stone City Outlaw, who was on uh, previous owner stories, owner stories number 14. Todd, as you know, has got the 1957 356A T1. I hope that's right, Todd. T1. I'm pretty sure it's T1. Um. And uh, Todd kind of, what's the word? Persuaded? <laughs> Persuaded Greg to come on and chat. Um, but it's going to be a good one. Like I said, he's, uh, Greg's got some great cars. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to, to um, finding out all about his, uh, his Porsche journey and, and what he's had and, and what he's done to his cars and, and all about them. Because they look fantastic. Um, I'll share his Instagram very, very shortly. But they look, uh, they look like great, great examples. That's about it. Let me get uh, let me get myself set up, as I always say. Let me get the Zoom set up, uh, and let me get Greg from Chicago in the US to talk about his Porsche Gould owner story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories, and welcome back to Porsche Gould. All right. So after a few little technical difficulties, but we've got it all sorted now. I'm joined by Greg. Greg's coming in from Chicago in the US. Um, as I said, Greg's a friend of uh, Todd's, who's been on Owner Stories before. Greg, thank you for coming on today and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Happy to be here. And I think the listeners are going to have a really good episode today because, and I'm going to tell them straight up, and I normally don't do this, I'm going to give them your Instagram, Greg, so they can have a look at it while we're talking. Um, and Greg's Instagram is opposing cylinders, O-P-P-O-S-I-N-G underscore cylinders. So go and have a look at uh, Greg's Instagram while we're chatting and you can see the cars that are coming up. There's some really good ones. Uh, and also... An interesting, another interesting Porsche, which we'll talk about as well, which is, which is, uh, let's call it an artwork, a sculpture. So that's going to be a good one too. So Greg, how's Chicago this time of year? Is it good for, for driving? Is the weather good? Is it, is it getting sunny again? Um, it's been a not so good April. Uh, it's, uh, in fact, this weekend it's going to be uh, storming and there's even a, a really nice Porsche event tonight in the city. And um, there's supposed to be some big storms rolling in. So typical Chicago weather in the spring. You never know what you're going to get. So are you going? Are you going to that event later? Yes. Yeah, I'll be there, and Todd will be there too. So. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic. Um, I have to say, I've, I mean, I've mentioned on earlier podcasts. I have only been to Chicago once, and I was I really liked it. And I really enjoyed it. I want to go back there again. I was there in 2018 for a few days, so it was uh, it was a good place to to be. That's for sure. Stayed in the city, and it was. Um, it was really good, really enjoyable. It was for work, but it was it was lots of fun. Yeah. Lots of good food. Lots of good food. That's what I remember. Well, if you come back, you'll have to tap your Chicago connections now for, for new restaurants. So fantastic. Fantastic. So let's let's get into the story. Um always like to start these podcasts where it all began. Um, where we all started noticing Porsche was, you know, was it something that you noticed when you were a kid or was it something that, you know, your dad had a Porsche or your neighbors? When did you start noticing the Greg? Was it, was it a long time ago when you were, when you were growing up or is it later in life for you? How did it all begin when you start, started first noticing um, Porsches or 911s? 
Well, it's it's probably a similar story to most. Uh, you know, my my first car was a '76 MG Midget, and um, I, I bought it with my brother. And of course, you know, we were fanatics about just you know doing everything we could with that car. And I'm sitting there, you know, on the driveway with that car, and rolling down my street is a Golf Blue, probably a '74 or '75, you know, Carrera with the Carrera script. And you just stop dead in your tracks and you just watch that go by and you're like, what is that? And that was it. That was it. So that was the first, that was the first one uh, that just kind of logged it in, you know? Yeah. Nine uh, eleven Carrera. You got to have one one day. And, um, and so that kind of was just always stuck in the back of the head. And it's a great color, that golf blue as well. So, what happens though? You, you so you've got the MG Midget. So you buy that. I mean, it's a common thread where where people buy cars with their brothers or family members and share them. And and so you work on your cars. You 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 like to work on your cars. Did you work on the Midget? Whatever. I, I you know I never dove into engine work, but uh, you know especially with a car like that. You know, if, you know there were you know all the Lucas Electronics and all that stuff. You know it was you know I I remember the the starter relay uh, failing and. You know that car was light enough where you could just uh, ride, you know, run alongside and and hop in, pop it in second and go. So, uh, you know, so the relay went, but and it took a few months to, to fix. But uh, but meanwhile, it didn't uh, slow us down at all. It was pretty funny. Fantastic. Yeah, I had a friend who uh, <coughs> a friend of mine who was a girl who had one of those a long time ago. Um, and I remember she always used to have issues with it. <laughs> it, used to, it was, a, I mean, I went in it a couple of times and it was a really fun car to be a passenger in. I mean, you're really low to the ground and you felt, you know, you felt everything, but it was, she, she continually had issues with that car. It was just continually breaking down. So maybe she just had a bad one. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, especially fun in the winters, uh, in Chicago doing donuts. It was just, uh, it was a, it was a fun car to have, and that you know you felt like you were going fast. You certainly weren't. So you're in a sports car. You got the roof down. Um, what happens? What else happens along the way before we get into your cars? Because we've got a few cars to get through today, and the, and the listeners would have seen it in the title. You know, you've got four Porsches at the moment that you own, really good ones too, a great variety of Porsches. But before you got those cars, what were some of the memorable ones along the way? You had the MG. Was there anything else that 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 something you look back at now and think, man, I wish I would have kept that car. That was a great car. Um, uh, you know, I probably, um, I, I I probably never had one of those um, that I let go of, and, and it was a different time back then. You just you, you used them, you had fun with them, and you just moved on. And I didn't have any truly special cars. I mean, the next one after that was a was a Firebird. There was a, a challenger in uh, college that I spent a summer in Oklahoma and the, and the, the buddy I, I rode to Oklahoma with ended up leaving early. And so I had to find wheels. And so, you know, I, I just, you know, $1,400 and I'm now the owner of a red uh, 72 challenger with a 318. So, you know, used that and brought it, you know, went from Oklahoma, no rust to Chicago and it disintegrated in front of my eyes. Right. Once it hit the, once it's all hit it. Wow. But, you know, and that, you know, you know, getting through college, the, 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 it's funny because uh, an old girlfriend got me a book um, and it was a, a Porsche book, you know, Porsche 911. And, you know, I was talking about it then, you know, and, and I can still 
I still have that book. And um, it, it was just, uh, you know, it was always ever present. So let's, let's introduce the first one then. Let's, let's go to the very first one. Um, what was it at the time and when did you buy it? What was it at the time that made you think, okay, I'm going to start looking for a Porsche now. Was there a certain model you were looking for or you just came across one and you thought, okay, I'm going to buy that one? Well, it was, you know, always, if I was going to get one, it would be a 911. And uh, in 2003, I went to a car dealership with a, a good friend and he was looking to buy a car, not even a Porsche, but it was a multi-make dealership. They had many makes. And I, I think, I think he was looking at Mercedes, but I just went right to the Porsche side of the dealership. And he ended up not buying anything, and I bought a Porsche. And at that time, it was an 03 um, Cabriolet. Uh, you know, uh, a base cab with just a lot of unusual options. Uh, that car, by the way, was, uh, I, I did let it go, but I let it go to my brother-in-law. And um, and it, it actually inspired uh, a recent purchase. So. So, so you bought an 03 cab, so a yeah. 996 cab. Um, and like you said, you've got a current one at the moment as well. So we'll get into that once we go through the order. How long did you keep that one for? About 10 years. Oh, you kept it for 10 years. So a long time. So you really enjoyed that car. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a manual? Was it a manual or what was the, what were the options, the main options of that car, Greg? So it was, it was a manual, but it had some unusual options and, um, and it's nice that it's still in the family, um, but uh, it was a. Uh, it also had the sport exhaust. It had sport seats, and it had an aluminum steering wheel. Okay. So somebody, some for a base cab, somebody optioned it out pretty good. But they never. It, it seemed like it must have been a special order to the dealership at the time. But it it was at a time in '03 where they weren't selling a lot of Porsches, and that one was had been on the dealership lot for probably eight months. Now, you know, something you wouldn't even ma- imagine today. And, um, uh, and so I ended up buying a car and, and, uh, I really enjoyed it, but it was more, I wasn't really truly into the, into the hobby at that point. I, I mean, I, I love vehicles and, um, and, you know, I wasn't uh, super active in, in the, uh, Porsche club. Uh, I did a few little things here and there, but, but not really, it was just more fun for me. And, and at the time, young kids, they could fit in the back seat, So it was fun. So what other cars did you have at the time then? You just had normal family cars alongside the 911, alongside the cab? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there were, um, there were other, uh, other cars at the time. I had a, a 69 Camaro um, briefly, and uh, that was the, um, always a little special. That one was uh, the Pace Car Edition, which is white with orange stripes and an orange layer. So... You know, it was a pretty, pretty neat, you know, in a four-speed manual. But, you know, one thing I learned with that car is it was terrible to drive. It just drove. <laughs> it, you know, once you get into any Porsche and uh, and then you, you know, anything else, especially, you know, when you think about the early cars, you know, the, the early American sports cars, in quotations, were just not really sports cars. great. Yeah. 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 So... Y- you said again just then, you said you weren't, at that time, you weren't really into Porsches, right? You see that first Golf Blue one all those years ago, and then you've bought your first 911. Yeah. So you bought your first 911. It's not 
it's not an air cooled. It's a cab. It's a nine nine six. Did it not feel like you had the right one when you bought it? I mean, you kept it for quite some time, but you said you weren't really into it. Was it just a car for you at the time? Was it just a sports car to enjoy? It wasn't really a passion at that point. It was. It was a passion, but not a share. You know, it was. It, it's different now. So I'm, I'm very active in the Porsche community, and I'm having a, just a great time with connecting with people who are like-minded and, and just have fun in that arena. And so... During that time, I loved that Porsche. In fact, in 2010, uh, the um, Porsche parade was was in Chicago, and I I entered it in the Concorde. And uh, so, for for a few months, I was I, I did full Concorde on that car. So at 10 years old, I was all over that thing, underneath it, in the wheel wells, scraping off. Cosmoline, just doing all kinds of stuff to prep that car. And, uh, you know, it, it was at a time when the internet wasn't uh, it, what it is now and YouTube wasn't what it is now. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, if I were doing that today, I would, the first thing I would do is like go to YouTube and say, how do you prep a car for Porsche Parade? Yeah. Um, I, I was all over that thing. And the crazy thing is, when they judged the car, they asked me to take out the spare tire. And I had never taken out the spare tire. So I took out the spare tire. And sure enough, there were a few bits of things under the spare. Oh, really? So they and check that, underneath the tire to make sure it's completely clean. Yeah, and that put me into second place. So Really? Yeah, that was, I, w- I would have been first, but uh, I didn't know to take that tire out. So wow. for, anybody, for, any, for anybody showing the National Concord, you better, clean, you better take the spare out and look under there. Okay, so you you have the first nine eleven, the nine nine six. We're gonna we're gonna brush over that now. And we're gonna go into the next one, right? The the next one that you purchased. So you you said you kept it in the family. It goes to a family member. Yeah. Um, you still see the car, still being looked after. It's still there. How long before you get your next one? When you sell that one, how long before you get your next Porsche? It was uh, probably four years later. About four years later. And listeners always like to know, was there a reason for the gap? Was it just because you just wanted to try something different, something new? Uh, it just, uh, it, it's, it just, there were things going, you know, life, life was, you know, getting in the way. Yep. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, at that time, I just, it, it, you know, the hobby, there wasn't room for the hobby. Uh, but then I'm reading, uh, an ad, you know, a newspaper, right? So this was probably in 2015. And, um, you know, they, you know, newspapers still had content in them. I read an article uh, about 80s cars. Yeah. And in the article, it said that, you know, the 80s cars were going to be up and coming because, you know, all those kids who are in high school are going to want them. Yes. And I thought to myself, you know what, this is, if I don't do it now, it'll, it'll probably never happen. And so that's what sparked the first purchase. So where do you start looking? So it's it's 2000, 2015, you start looking? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually the choice of that car, um, I mean, there was there was another Porsche experience that, that you know, because that was the first one I went after. So that's the, uh, um, the 1989 uh, Porsche Turbo S. Which are not easy cars to find, are they? Is it a manual? It is. 
It is. So they're difficult cars to find. So how long did it take you? And what was the experience you had before? But how long did it take you to find that car? It it took probably about, uh, I would say, about at least six months. At least six months. And where did you end up finding it? Was it an auction site at the time? Or was you just, is it classified? Is it online? Was it a friend of a friend? How did you find the car, Greg? So, you know, I usually, you, you look in all the normal places, um, you know, you look at eBay and you look at, at the time Craigslist was popular yep. and, um, you know, you look at dealerships and I, I just, uh, and I had actually, um, on a forum, uh, you know, at the time Pelican parts was, had a, had a very active, you know, forum and I had, uh, found a couple on there that were not as advertised and, um, that, that, at that time, I was actually, so I had, there was one that I had found and I thought it was the right car. And it's funny because nowadays you can, you know, you, you, you tend to purchase a car without seeing it online. Yeah. And I almost did that because this was supposedly a reputable guy who had been a past PCA president. Right. And he had dabbled in selling cars and he had very, he was very knowledgeable and fortunate. And I almost bought that car without seeing it. And then I, I said, well, I better go see it. And I went to see it. And sure enough, it was ill-advertised. There was rust everywhere. And I, I, I learned a big lesson. So then I thought, well, you know, as I was perusing sites, I thought, well, let me just try Auto Trader. You know, something you wouldn't expect to, to find. You know, you do see Porsches on there, but you wouldn't expect to find something a little older. Yeah. And sure enough, this one popped up out of uh, Minnesota. So, so, so what I, was it? Tell the listeners exactly what it was, what you found. So it was a uh, 1989 Guards Red uh, 944 Turbo S. Um, relatively low miles, uh, about 54,000. Uh, and the thing about those cars is it was the last year for the 944 Turbo and the, uh, the S model had come out uh, mid 1988 they probably made about 600 of those and in 1989 us they made about 1400 turbo so not a lot and a lot of them get used on the tracks so to find a stock turbo s was was hard this one was uh so i of course i went to go see it and uh it was just in great you know original shape i mean you know typical uh of those cars it you know it had you know some paint work done but you know excellent uh you know history a stack of receipts you know two inches high so it was the great car it was perfect it, so. it's it looks like a beautiful uh beautiful example that's for sure um yeah. so the decals and everything were on that or you added the decals well i added the decal it had a decal so, I mean, that is, you know, one of the things about Porsche, they're just so beautiful and they, they just have so much character. So, so what was the feeling um, then? So you, you, you had the cab originally, the 996 cab, and now you're into a transaxle. You yeah. know, you dip the water in a transaxle. You haven't just got any transaxle. You've got the 911, you know, the 944, sorry, Turbo S. Um, iconic color, manual, very sought after car. How did, how did the driving experience feel? You pick up that car first time greg and you're driving it how how did it feel compared to the the memories of the 911 
Well, it, 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 so this is that other part to the, where the first Porsche started. So, you know, dreaming of the 911, but I was, I happened to be in New York City for three years and um, a colleague happened to have a 944 Turbo S. And so I was riding around Manhattan in the back seat of that car. <laughs> And uh, was that course, comfortable? <laughs> was that... It was not, and of course, I, I wasn't in the front seat because you know I was I was low on the list, and the uh, you know I just happened to be tagging along for the ride, and it was right. a it, it was um, it's it it was an unmistakable ride, and that's why I chose that car. So that was you know you know if you have these these special cars in your head. That was, you know, that's why that was the first one after the brief hiatus. Yeah, when you drive that car, it is so much different because of the rush of that turbo. It's it's insane. It, it's funny the nine four four, isn't it? It was it sort of got it was really overlooked for quite some time, right? And even when you bought it, it was probably still not people weren't really looking at it as much as they are today. I mean, we know the prices have gone crazy, and anyone that can get a turbo, a turbo or a turbo S. Or I think there's a, isn't there an anniversary edition or some special edition? I think there, I, I saw one come up for sale in Australia, which was in a sort of rose color or something. I'm not sure what that one was. That, that, was, that was the original Turbo S in 88, and they came out, um, probably half of them. Silver rose, the, right? Silver rose, yeah, with the, uh, with the kind of pink plaid and pink red plaid interior. That was, that was the yeah, which is a really c- cool looking car. Yeah, so this one, um, this one was uh, certainly special. It was special. In fact, a buddy of mine had just purchased a new 911. And, uh, and you know, those cars don't have a ton of torque. Um, so from zero to about 30, you know, they, they, they're just, you know, they, they lag a little. So I said to my friend, I said, okay, you've got your new, I think it was like a 2016 or 2017 911. And I said, let's just start from 30 miles an hour and we'll go from there. And I beat him the whole way. Really? Oh wow. yeah, it, it's insane! Wow, in fantastic! Fact, in fact, I do a lot of the uh, local uh, drives and tours, and there was somebody who had a 911 Turbo, a new, a new one at the time. Right. And you know, uh, on those local tours, they're uh, so much fun. And uh, uh, you know, he when when we got out for you know like a little lunch or whatever, he came. He walked up to me and goes, "That thing really scoots." I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what about what about the ownership the ownership journey so far with that nine four four with the Turbo S? How has it been? Is it is it a reliable Porsche? I mean, a lot of listeners are listening and they're thinking, you know, I can get into a nine four four, or I can get into a nine two eight, or I can get into a nine nine six, maybe still at a reasonable price, uh, maybe not a full sorted version. But what is the reliability like? Has it been a has it been a pretty good car for the last few years? It, it has been. I mean, it, it, it is, uh, it does require, you know, the, the timing belt service, water pump service, which are, are given. Um, but other, you know, and so I've had, I've kept up with that service and it has been a tremendously reliable machine. Absolutely perfect. So. That's good. And it's got a great, uh, a great interior as well, hasn't it? I like all the switches and all the dash of the, of the 944. There's something pretty special and the pop-up lights as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it is, it's really a throwback. It truly is. And, and it is such a different driving experience, uh, than the 911. So you've got the 944, <clears throat> got the Turbo S, 944 Turbo S. 
So is this is when is this the is this the tipping point? Is this when you're thinking, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive deeper into this Porsche world. <clears throat> I'm enjoying this. I'm going to events. I'm driving the car. Do you then start looking for another one to add to it? It was the it was that news article. It was the eighties. The eighties. It was. I said, okay, you know that was the original nine eleven. That was the one that that was. You know, if you look at it, you know that the the, the the last of the 80s, so 86, or 87 and 88 and 89, those are the last of the G-series. And those were very similar, uh, you know, with the impact bumpers from 1974. So, so that car with uh, Carrera Script was what I was going after. And uh, and so I, I just thought, all right, let's let's just see what falls in, into uh, my lap. And and I, I actually noticed an ad. So there's a a local broker who sells cars, and uh, he's he's done this in the Chicago area for many years. Right. And I noticed in the in the PCA magazine, he would always have an ad. And sure enough, that that you know guards read, uh, and, and it's called you know it, that guards read 911 was posted in that ad, and I watched it for like every month that would come. And every month I would turn to his ad, and every month it was still there. Right. And uh, and so I I, I just uh, I finally called on it, and uh, and so uh, it w- it was absolutely crazy, but but you know just such a, such you know just a diamond in the rough, really. So, so tell the listeners exactly what it is, Greg, because um, it's a beautiful car. So tell the listeners exactly what you bought, what what this nine eleven was. So it's a 86 uh, G series 3.2 uh, 911 coupe. Uh, low miles for that car. It had about 42,000. Um, it was February in a brutal snowstorm in a town about an hour away. And uh, I called this, I called the owner, previous owner, and he was a kid, a 26 year old kid. And I'm talking to this kid, and he's like, yeah, I've had this car for a few years, and I want to sell it. I'm like, okay, I'll come take a look at it. So, you know, in a driving 10-inch snowstorm uh, on the highways, uh, went to see this car. And it was, uh, you know, not very clean, but you could just see uh, underneath that there was just a lot going on. And, uh, and so I just said, this is it. And I had seen, you know, a few... And had driven in a few um, 911s that were similar, that were very messy. You know, it's, even, mm. you know, those cars are a lot of them are driven, and and so a lot of them will have had things done to them, and so you know, you know, you don't have a clear history. Um, this one did not have paperwork, okay, but it, it had a really clear owner history that was unusual. Right. So what was the what was the six degrees of separation with the person that you bought it from? So um, the car was was uh, picked up um, in Illinois. Uh, the original owner um, had had passed away and had a relative outside of Rockford. And it was picked up by somebody well known in the early 9-11 circles. This guy has a collection of collections. So um, I didn't, you know, I, I knew of this guy for years, but as it turns out, the owner, the, the, the last uh, 
current owner, was his godson. All oh, right. Uh, and the crazy thing about it is the car was such a was was kind of this little cool piece. So the you know so this this early nine eleven owner who's well known in the area used it for never actually owned it. He he convinced one of his friends to buy it. Then another one of his friends bought it. Then another one of his friends bought it. And then finally the godson he you know Joe said to his godson, "Hey, you've got to buy this car." He didn't the you know, he didn't even know how to drive a stick. And uh, <laughs> he, took it, he took it rallying. And right. and I have a receipt from a, a well, a, you know, just a, a beautiful old uh, Porsche shop in Madison, Wisconsin. And this guy named Lee Grunwald uh, basically rebuilt the transmission in that, in that 911. He's, and I talked to him and I got the receipt from him. Every synchromet was fried because wow. he even reversed. So, so the kid, you know, on his God, you know, on his family's recommendation, bought the car and then just said, I, I can't do it. And so he just wanted to have it. So it was, it was, it was my luck, but I called each one of these owners and I talked to them. And the crazy thing about it is the way the car is set up now, it's, it's, it's set up as a club sport clone. Um, which means it has club sport graphics on it, and it's had a few things done to it. Um, it I, looks fantastic, Greg. I have to say that the image on your Instagram, and I want the listeners to go and have a look, the one I'm looking at with the three shots and there's a stairway in the background. I mean, this car is, is just, you know, it just shows you the strength of Guards Red as a color in this 86. You know what I mean? In this in this. This generation of 911, it just looks so perfect. Um, and the interior and everything. So you've done a lot of work to this, haven't you? It looks like you've done a lot of work to it. No, not no? really. No, not really. Um, it was the crazy thing about it is, and we're all fans of uh, Bring a Trailer. Yeah. So I'm looking at Bring a Trailer as I do just about every day. And all of a sudden, a Guards Red Club Sport clone comes up. And I'm like, what is this? What is going? It's my car. In fact, people actually texted me and wondered if I was selling my car on, on Bring a Trailer. Right. As it turns out, those there were about five of those cars created by Kelly Moss Racing. In oh, Madison. okay. And this is not quite one of those cars, but it was put together at the same time. So the original, you know that that. The, the uh, Joe, who is this you know owner of many early Porsches, and does a lot with Kelly Moss. Um, he and his buddies went to Kelly Moss, and obviously this car was probably built, or you know things added to it uh, at the same time Kelly Moss was doing some of their other vehicles. So it has a a, a, a little tie to that. So the wheels are extra are wider. It sits a little lower. It's got you know Euro suspension. Um, the only thing I did to it was, uh, I, uh, I sourced, uh, the sports seats. So I have the original seats and one of the seats had a, a cigarette burn in it. Okay. So, um, so I actually thought, well, let's, let's, you know, rather than get that seat recovered with new leather, I thought, let me see if I can find some sports seats. So I found some out of California, had them direct ship to a local upholsterer. He took the old leather off one of those seats and repaired the original seats. So I still have them, but the sports seats are just 
Yeah, yeah, the sports seats look great. And you got the different steering wheel as well. And the mats, yep. the mats are a good uh, are a good addition as well, the the checkerboard sort of. Are they cocoa mats or are they something else? Yeah, they're the newer cocoa mats. Yeah, uh, they look good. They look good. Just explain to the listeners what a club sport version of this car is, though. For the listeners that don't know, um, is the club sport was just the lightweight version that they brought out at the time? Or what, what was a club sport? It was. So it, it you could almost say that in, I believe it was from 86, 86 and 87, only in uh, Europe, not in the U.S., um, they created that version. It was actually cheaper. It had, uh, you know, bare bones HVAC. It had no uh, sound deadening. You know, they, it was a lightweight version for racing. And uh, it, it, you could almost say it's reminiscent of the 73 Manolet, or yeah, the RS. Um, they only made about maybe a, at most, I think, a few hundred. And those things change hands for very high prices these days. Yeah. It was a strange one, though, wasn't it? Because like you said, it was cheaper. It was a lightweight version, but it was actually cheaper than the, than the uh, standard model. Well, that, that's how it was done back then. You weren't getting air conditioning. You weren't getting, yeah. you know, you weren't getting sound deadening. You weren't, you weren't getting an audio system. So I think it was like, you know, $1,500 cheaper. And they, and they weren't very popular. Apparently, you know, not a lot of people bought into them, but now they're, they're very scarce. Have you had to, did you do anything else to the interior, Greg? I'm looking at your interior shot now. I can see you've got the, the, the modern uh, PCCM Classic Plus system, whatever it is. The dash looks in beautiful condition, the dashboard. Have you done any other work to the interior? No, I did change out the head unit. The head unit was, you know, just a Sony-ish type, you know, thing from the, probably the 90s. You know, so, I, you know, I, and I did, I did source, I always like, you know, for the, the stuff I have, I, there's something about having what was um, original to the car. So I did source an original radio. But the crazy thing about this car uh, was the reason that it sat on this ad thing for months is that people who called on it wanted uh, the original car. Now, All right. when I went and saw it, um, the kid told me, hey, you know, at, at, at where I work, I've, I've got the palette of parts for this car. So the car has European headlights, but I have the original, what are called sugar scoop headlights. Yep. It has a custom uh, um, GT3 style exhaust that was done at Kelly Moss. Right. I have the, the entire exhaust. It's got, I have the original steering wheel. I have the original airbox. I have, so I couldn't believe it. I, I, you know, I had to literally get a pickup truck to take all the parts with this. <laughs> so basically you've got your Carrera now. This is it. You, yeah, it was, you had the 944 Turbo S, which is a great car, but now you've got the Carrera. I bet you were happy once you yeah. took delivery of this one. It made for a fantastic garage. It really did. And the sound of this car is just unbelievable. It sounds fantastic. I look, look, I love the decal. I love, I love how you added the, um, obviously the, uh, you know, the decal on the side looks great in black. Uh, the that, other decal. That, that was Sorry? there. Yeah. That was part of the Cali Moss. Oh, right. That's great. It really, yeah. it looks fantastic. It looks fantastic. Um, great, great looking car. I bet it's great on the road, though. I bet it's. I bet it handles really well. It it it's it's, it's that the classic uh, you know Porsche. I mean, it just it just carves the curves. So 
when I uh, I did take this to Gingerman Raceway in in um, Michigan just to try out a, uh, a driver's education event, a DE event. Yes. And um, I had not done, I had not raced one, you know, now I, I've never done a lot of racing. I did a Porsche experience once. So I got, you know, any, an idea of how to handle the new ones, but I thought, let's, let's see what this can do. So, but I, I did sit, you know, I, at that event, there were drivers that, you know, that would sit next to you and uh, take you through the track. So I had never done this track, nor had I done this car. So the driver said to me, and this guy had a full-on 964 race car, cooling right. seat, whole thing. He's now in the driver's seat. I'm in the passenger seat. And there's a, uh, there's a Camaro ZL1 that, um, that he keeps catching up to. And the guy in the straights pulls away. But in the curves, he's, this guy was on his bumper. And he finally had a lot of his pants. And I looked over and the, and the race, you know, this, this guy who's you know, now driving my car has a smile ear to ear. And I said to him, why are you smiling? He said, you've got a full on race car. What, what, what is it? Why are you so happy? He goes, this car's phenomenal. That's great. It looks fantastic. What an example. What a car. So you've got two. Now you've got two Porsches in your garage, both guards red. Yes. And I'm not a fan of red. Not, not, you know, You're not, not a fan of red. <laughs> no, but I'm a fan of the cars, uh, the, the stories, what came yeah. with the cars. What was, yeah. But, I, you know, I'm not a big red fan either, but the I don't know what it is about even the 944s and 968s. I don't know what it is and the Carrera that you've got, the 86. It, it, the red, the guard's red just suits the car so well. I mean, sure, there's other colors which we all like, but the guard's red does really, it's something about the shape of, of that generation. It just It just looks fantastic. Um, I like your number plate as well, Greg. How did that come about? Uh, for the, uh, oh, so. For the Carrera. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the, 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 with that Carrera, you know, it's a, it's a clone. It's a club sport. So my, the first question that people ask when they walk up to me is, is that a real club sport? <laughs> and I hope that to explain that it's not a real club sport. So I just figured Poser was a good, was a good license plate for it. Yeah, it's a funny one. It's a funny one. All right, so you've got you've got two Porsches now. <clears throat> Most people would say I'm going to stop there for a bit. I've had an, I've got enough. I've got two different cars. I've got a Transaxle. I've got the classic Carrera, air cooled. What happens then? Do you do you immediately start looking for another Porsche? Are you really you're, you're diving deep into the Porsche world? Do you do you start to look for other cars, or does a car just come come your way? No, it it goes back to the MG. I mean, the MG was a was in a weird way, it became a Porsche wannabe because once you have a car that looks like an, an MG, you notice other cars that look that way. And, you know, as soon as you see a 356, you're, you're like, I, 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 I think I need that. You know, I think I have to, I have to try and, and, and do that. And so, um, I was at a, um, I was at a cars and coffee in Lake Mills, Wisconsin. Right. And it, that is a phenomenal, phenomenal cars and coffee monthly. If anybody in the area gets a chance to go, it's a bit of a drive, it's a great drive up in the mountain. But I, you know, so some friends of ours and they, they said, let's go to Lake Mills. Okay, sure. And sure enough, there was a silver 356 there that, that was just beautiful. And, and I just, I just kept talking to the owner and I, I finally said to the owner, I said, you know what? Here's my name and number. Let's just connect on this thing. And that's kind of what sparked that. In the meantime, I then 
I know nothing about those cars, and they're certainly before my generation. Um, you know, I would have been three years old when that car was built. So, yeah. so I, I, you know, on the advice of some local PCA people uh, who were into three five six, they said, "Listen, join the clubs, start studying," and that's what I did. I joined the registry. I joined the local three five. I didn't have one. I would go to meetings saying, "Hey." I don't have one of these, but, you know, I just, you know, want to check it out. So, um, so that's how it started. And then the registry has a tremendous classified section. And most of the cars that come up in there are cars of enthusiasts. They're the ones that, you know, that, that may have had a car, but, you know, so, I mean, it could be the cars that are just normal per se, lots of ownership, maybe, you know, maybe a good history, maybe not so good. But they also, there is a, a percentage of those cars on that site that have true enthusiast ownership. So I really kind of gravitated toward that, toward that site when I was kind of looking and I wasn't sure, but then I thought, well, let me just, you know, I saw an ad and again, same thing, watch for a few months and it was just, it just stayed there. And I decided to put on it. So, how long ago was this, Greg? What year was this when you were looking for the three five six? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. So the prices of three five sixes, as we know, are you know they're not a they're not a cheap Porsche. That's for sure. They're quite right. expensive, um, well, especially. Funny, yeah, three three years before that, they would have been half as much. You know exactly, it, exactly. In the in the early two thousand, in like twenty eleven to twenty twelve. You could have probably gotten any three five six for probably thirty grand, maybe forty. You know, if it wasn't a special model. Absolutely. And then, and then they just uh, they went crazy. So again, it was one of those things. Well, I should probably do this because if I don't, it's it's not going to happen. So tell the listeners, tell the listeners what this car is and what it's all about because it's got a great history, hasn't it? I mean, I've seen the images on your Instagram and 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 the old ads and everything. Tell the listeners. Everything about this three five six. It's the three five six SC. Is that correct or three five six C? It's it, yeah. It's it's a three five six C. Um, so the, the the history of the car. The car is and even in this month's uh, panorama, there's a story of a three five six that had ownership of a jet fighter pilot, and this is a jet fighter pilot car. So in 1964 a pilot stationed in France, a U.S. pilot uh, from the Air Force, purchased this car and brought it, uh, drove, uh, brought it back uh, to Ohio. So he got restationed to Ohio. And, he, and, uh, and it was very common in those years because of the exchange rate for U.S. versus European, you, you could actually make money. So, so, you know, he had it for a year and then put an ad in Car and Driver. And, uh, you know, it, so sure enough, when I, when I purchased this car, you know, of course, you know, it comes with the magazine, yeah. uh, with the original land, you know, and, uh, and so, um, so a, a young attorney in 1965 was looking for his first Porsche and he bought this car. Um, and, uh, he kept it. It was his first Porsche that he, that he owned. And he owned many Porsches after that, including Speedsters and 911s and, you know, you name it. And it was the last Porsche he sold. Right. And 
I just I just happened to call him in the middle of winter. I guess that's a thing for me. So I drove out in winter, and uh, and it was a, quite a ride to Columbus. And um, and I saw this car, and of course he's he's a, a, a an amateur flyer. He's got his you know he's he, he has a so he takes me to an airport hangar right. in the middle of winter, and he has to, and literally he has to roll the plane out for me to see this. <laughs> It was phenomenal. That's I mean, a great he, story, though. <laughs> and what a guy. What an amazing guy. Just absolutely unbelievable. Um, and uh, a true enthusiast, true enthusiast. And he's a sitting, uh, he's a retired U.S. judge on the Ohio Circuit Court. Right. So a young attorney at the time and, you know, tremendous career. He, he was um, he was tapped as, uh, you know, to do that by Ronald Reagan. So, right. Something. Wow. And the pilot in his own right is an American hero. I mean, this guy, you can, um, you can uh, read about him. So uh, when I purchased the car, one of the things that the judge told me is he said, you know, I have to call the colonel because he said when I bought the car that he has to have right of first refusal. Right. So, oh. So the judge calls the colonel, and the colonel says, you know, I'd love to buy the car back, but I just bought a Corvette. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, just, a, you know, just, a, just, just phenomenal stuff. But the, the best part about that – oh, go ahead. Sorry. So the judge owned this car for how long, Greg? 50 years. 50 years he's had this car. And when yeah. you went to the hangar – sorry to interrupt. When you went to the hangar, what – was he still driving the car? Was it in storage? What what was the condition of the car? So yeah, he was still driving it. So the so the story of of his ownership of this car, and you had asked a question about C versus SC, is it, you know he was part of you know, so in 1964. I mean Porsche wasn't around for that long, and he was involved in some of the early um, PCA stuff and developing a Porsche club in that area. Okay. And he wanted to go racing with this car. So he and one of his buddies sourced an SC engine, period, you know, that time, uh, okay. 57. The SC engine came from a priest in Pennsylvania. I, I don't know how, you know, he couldn't quite remember how the priest had this engine. But the engine ends up in my car, and my engine ends up in a speedster, and it's still in that same speedster. So the engine was hopped up. And you know, he went racing for a couple of seasons at SCCA. And after he did that, he tucked the car away. He just said it was not. Right. So he daily drove it. He would, uh, he went to, uh, you know, he just drove it for from 65 to say 69. Wow. Fantastic. So and, you know the owner that has the speedster with your your, your original engine? He, I, I, I know him. I know of him and I've communicated with him, but he's, uh, he's, He's a pretty high up guy in the in the three five six world, and right. And you know, maybe someday we'll we'll make an agreement uh, on the engine. But uh, but right now, you know, I just enjoy the car. It's phenomenal. But I loved your Instagram post, and I'm going to refer back to Instagram as well because I love the post of the original ad, the ad that was in uh, was it Road and Track? Yes. And that's fantastic. Um, and the prices, I think you mentioned in the in the post, you know, the prices of the cars around it, of the other Porsches, it's just like, we really are in a different time, aren't we? I mean, when you see what's there for sale and the price of these cars, it's it's quite, it's, we laugh, but we also cry at the same time. It's quite crazy. 
is. I mean, he should have bought the other, he should have bought a few of those other ones instead of this It's really something. So, um, yeah, so it, it was, uh, it, you know, it was a, a tremendous um, um, experience. Now, there is something unusual about the way I bought this car. And I, I think it's, uh, it's probably, it's a story in, a, in and of itself. Uh, but when I when I went to see the car in the middle of winter, he started to tell me about this story that when he bought the car from the jet fighter, the colonel, well, at the time captain, he said that the that the captain uh, went over it. They spent the day together, and he went over the entire car with him, and he told them how to maintain the car, and he wrote a checklist on how to maintain this car. And so I'm talking to Jim, and here we are in the age of just, you know, buy the car and have it, you know, shipped, you know, to wherever. Yeah. I said to Jim, I said, Jim, and I said, do you still do that? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I take care of my car. Wow. I, I said, I want to do that. So, so this was middle of winter. We just, you know, we, we made the purchase, but then he sat on the car until, until weather broke, which was the first week of May. And uh, I drove out there with some friends who followed. Um, or, yeah, so we had a couple of cars. And, um, and so, or actually one car, he drove. And so we, we, we get out to uh, Columbus. And, um, and then we, I spent the day with Jim. We went to a tire shop because the rubber was old. We, changed, we had the tires changed. We went to one of his family members' farms that, who had a lift. We put it up on a lift. We changed the oil, greased the bearing, changed the, or not bearings, greased oh, that's the a good thing. Dirt. That's a great yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, um, changed the, the fan belt and uh, did all that stuff. Had dinner. And the next day, I drove that car eight hours home in, in a driving storm. Uh, so let's, funny- let's go back. Let's go back because we haven't really told the listeners exactly what this car is. It's a it's a it's a three five six. Just just give the listeners a bit of a, a a brief of exactly what the car is and what it came with the exact color, Greg, um, and the options that were sort of standard f- at the time on on this car. Okay, so the car, you know, I, it was a European purchase car from from a dealership in Paris. It was a it was a factory pickup. So the 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 the, the pilot went to went to you know Stuttgart and and, and and pick up the car. Um, the car, uh, he, the car uh, is a ruby red with uh, black interior. It came with uh, a dealer installed uh, AM FM radio. Uh, it also came with two um, ba- uh, luggage bags, tartan luggage bags. Mm-hmm. And, um, the crazy thing is those, those I, you know, those bags are still with that car, and those bags are highly sought after. Those they're small suitcases, and they're just beautiful. Uh, and so, um, you know, the car had some pretty unusual options as well. So most of these cars, if you look at the Cardex, which is what Porsche did in those years before certificate of authenticity, is the Cardex would have handwritten the options on the car. This yep. car actually has a a, 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 a a fan unit in the front trunk, which is very unusual. So, um, so anyway, it was a it was a it was you know it came with these bags. It's got an AM/FM radio from the dealer. It's it's got you know it's got this you know some of these weird little options. And uh, 
And because the car was put away, I mean, it was in just beautiful condition. It did, um, you know, after uh, the judge put it away, he recommissioned the car in the late 80s and had it, had one had a respray. So the car was resprayed in glass red, ruby red. Yep. And then he started going to, you know, to events uh, events. So he had, uh, you know, a whole nother chapter of fun with this car. And what about the interior, Greg? <clears throat> I can see the tartan seats. Yeah, they, they were a latter addition to the car. Yeah, that was me. So I, I did a few things to to make this car just a, just just my own. It, it's funny because I have pictures of the car with, you know, Jim had done the same thing whether it was racing or he added you know chrome things to the car. You know, when I got it, it was very very much stock, and so the the tartan on those seats actually matches the suitcases, and that's oh, why fantastic. So, um, so I changed out the seats and then it's funny that first three, five, six that I really kind of fell in love with in Lake Mills, Wisconsin had what are known as, uh, Molly gas burner wheels. Right. And that one of Porsche's lightest wheels, it's a magnesium wheel. They, they weigh about nine pounds each. And so, um, so I, I had a fine, those are vintage Molly's, which are hard to find. Really? Um, oh. I found, I found them and I, I had them. They're usually they're silver. They come silver, but I, I just thought the, um, you know, Porsche was showing, you know, in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, they were showing red Porsches with gold wheels, and I thought, well, I, I have to do that. It looks good. I, I'm going to show my ignorance here. I've never seen those wheels before. I've, I don't even remember seeing those wheels before. I thought I was going to ask you about what the wheels were because I've, I've, I'm not familiar with them at all. So. Um, there, it's a uh, it's a Porsche wheel that was that was made in '68, right? Uh, for 911s and uh, even 94, well, 911s and 912s would have had those wheels, would have raced them in 356s. Okay. So they're the same size as um, as an early 911 wheel, which fits on a 356. Right. Yeah, they look great. They look great in that color. They look fantastic, especially with the fog lights on the front and the. What else have you added? You added the the lights on the on the front bumper. Anything else? I did. Yeah, I added the the front. Those are French lights, and and the you know the the funny thing is a lot of the you know when you meet owners of three five six. I mean there there is a there is a crowd of 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 owners that that you know you you change it and they they you know they shake their head. <laughs> But, you know, you think about Rod Emery and what he's doing. In, in yeah. fact, Rod Emery showed, Rod Emery had a 356 race car. And there are pictures of it on the internet. And he had, he was running Molly gas burners. And, you know, just, just you know, if Rod can do it, I can do it, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, so some people, you know, they look at the car and they, they um, you know, they say things. But, you know, the, the, the driving lights, um, or the fogs I had put on, I put them most of the time you see them, they're smaller and they're inboard to the bumperettes. Yeah. I put them outside. So it looks kind of rallyish. No, they look good. Those they are good. Yeah. Those are French lights. The car came out of Paris. So I thought how great would that be? Yeah. They look very cool. I, I really do like the Greg. I really like the, uh, the other picture, the older image in front of someone's house and the car is just dirty. It's just, you know, it's just been driven. You can see it. You know, it's so great to see that, that those past images of the car, isn't it? so great that you have these images. Did he have a lot of photos of the car that he gave you when he sold the car to you? You must have been a very upsetting time for him after having it for 50 years. I think because we did it that way, I think it was really good because, you know, we've communicated since. And yeah. 
And he had a bunch of, he had boxes of stuff. And he said, just take it all. I'm like, okay. So there were posters and there were books and there were tons of stuff. And he just, you know, it just, it was great. And in, in one of those boxes were all these pictures. Was, yeah. Regular photos that, you know, crazy stuff. It's the sort of car we all want to find. Really, it is. It's the sort of it's the sort of Porsche that is this three five six that you have. It's it's something you're not going to get, let go, is it? It's it's something you're going to keep for a, a long time for sure. Yeah, and um, you know the the driving experience of a three five six is it, it's amazing how I mean it's not as fast as as even early nine weapons, but it has the same characteristics because of the rear mounted engine. I mean. You, you know, you hit the brakes hard into a curve, you hit the accelerator out of the curve, the thing carves it. And obviously, you know, so much different than that, than that MG, you know, it was, uh, it's just amazing. And, you know, we talked about what an early Camaro drives like, and here's yep. a from 54. And, you know, you can, uh, you know, I, I, I've driven that car hard and, you know, just, you know, in fact, for, um, I was uh, invited to look in Indianapolis and as part of that, I got, I was able to drive the car on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Oh, really? Was, how, was, how was that? I, Todd was in the car with me. It was, oh, was he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> was this before? Was this before? Hello, Todd. I know Todd's listening. Was this before Todd got his three five six A? This was no. This was just last season. So Todd and I connected because he um, he got his three five six, and I was at, I happened to be at a Cars and Coffee for Porsche for PCA. And and we met, and so and he had already he had just gotten it. In fact, I, I don't even think he got it yet. Right. And, and he wouldn't tell anybody about it because he, he was worried. <laughs> A work in progress. Yeah, he would somehow he'd get away from it. So he was very cryptic initially, but until he got, then he got it. So. Oh, that's great that you got to take it on the the three five six on the track. Have you taken? So you've taken the nine eleven, the Club Sport clone, mm-hmm. as you call it, on the track as well. Uh-huh. Uh, one time in, uh, in, at Gingerman. Yeah, it was, uh, what was the difference between the two? Oh, it's, 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 it's power. It's power. Yeah. But, but characteristically it's, it's, uh, it's really, uh, it's, it's just amazing because it's, you know, and you can, you know, it, it does, it does go so nice around curves. It's fantastic. And then one thing, I don't know if there are, um, anybody that is part of the 356 registry, but they have a, they keep all their articles uh, online. So I think you have to be a member to research them. Right. Uh, but there was an article written about this car in 1995, which is the most incredible read because the, the, the colonel and the judge got together and talked about the car and the, the colonel wrote an amazing story about how he he compared many of the cars that he had purchased over the years to jet fighters that he oh, had really? and he compared this to a McDonnell Douglas F4 fan and right. uh, he, and, and the, the there's it's such a great read so if anybody gets a chance i think um let me just uh, yeah and i think you gave that to me in your notes it's article i'm going to tell the listeners actually just in case people can access it all it's on 356 registry you said but it's uh, you said it's the article january february 1995 favorite cars and favorite cars fighter planes porsche 356 registry volume 18 number five history of the car from both colonel handley and judge graham i'm going to search that out because i'd like to read that as well that sounds uh it sounds it's unbelievable and it's not 
about, you know, it even talks about, you know, the judge talks about how he changed the engine and went racing. But the, the, and the, the words by Captain, you know, how Captain Hanley, you know, wrote that article was, uh, was just, it's just great. I mean, you could just see that he loved that car. You know, so. Okay, Greg. So you've got, you've got three Porsches in your garage now. You've got three Porsches in your, gar- in your driveway. They're all red. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and they're all red. And they're all red. So yeah. I'm guessing, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard when you wake up in the morning and you think, which one am I going to drive? How do you know which one to take? Is there one that's always a favorite? We're not going to get, we've got one more to go yet, but out of these three so far, is there one that's always a favorite? No. <laughs> no? No, I mean, it's hard. It's, it's, a, it's a tough decision, but it's a great, it's a great problem to have. It's a great problem. It's a great place to be. So you, you, I'll, I'll tell you, you sit behind the, the turbo and you, you're going at, you, you hit 3000 RPM and you fly. You, you're, you, um, you know, you hit, you, you get behind the wheel of the '86, and it's that you know classic uh, 9/11 feel and and dynamic and physics and all that stuff and visceral yeah. and, and the, the noise of the engine behind you. And then you, you get into a '64C and you hold that delicate wheel, and uh, and it's just such a smooth, incredible, and what a throwback. I mean, and those vent windows. I mean, you talk about great AC. I mean, it's. Mm. You know, just open those things up on any hot day, you're fine. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. So you've got a 64, you've got the 356C, the 64, you've got an 86, and you've got an 89, 944 Turbo S. So when does it come about? Another one comes along. There's one more we have to go through. One more you want to talk about. And we're going back to the very beginning, aren't we? So how did the, the next car come about, which is not red, which is not red, I'll point out. How did that one come about, Greg? Well... It so I you know I I really am I really am enjoying the local PCA and um, you know lots of just tremendous friends and and the local drives and all that stuff and and so some of these you know we have uh, we're we're so lucky to have um, you know good events and we have a great um, tour director for the local tours their weekend tours and so. You know, I would take the 944 Turbo S on those and certainly it would keep up and it was so much fun. But I started to worry, you know, driving hard and having fun and fast for a weekend. It, it may be too much for the car, you know, because the last thing we want to do is have something serious happen. And, and so I thought, well, I just need I need something to just drive, to just get in and go for long trips that I won't I, I won't, you know, that's reliable in a, in a, in a modern type of, of, uh, you know, type of version, you know? Yeah. So, so I went back to the 996. I, I just thought, you know what? And the crazy thing about it is, uh, so I wanted to just get a, a 996 cab, you know, I was looking for, um, you know, a C4S is really what I, I, I would have liked. Um, but, um, but then I thought, well, uh, you know, I just put the put the feelers out, and you know, again, there's all these little bugaboos with the uh, the 996. And in fact, I when I had my first uh, 996, I remember reading an article about Porsche engines and the and the fatal flaws throughout time. 
Yep. And I'm reading this article. I own a 996. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, thank God I don't have one of these early cars because the engines are terrible. And the last half of the article was about the the, the 996. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I, I even yeah. was afraid to drive the car. And when the IMS uh, repair uh, solutions came out, I was actually like first in line to grab them on, on my old, you know, 996. So, um, so anyway, I, I, you know, you, yeah, I just, you know, you just have to be careful because, because it's a, you know, you have to just, you know, again, pre-purchase inspections and know what, you know, that kind of stuff. But anyway, so I'm on Facebook marketplace and an ad pops up local again in February. I don't know why this is, but, um, I, uh, it, it, there wasn't even a picture yet, but it, it was at one of the local dealerships uh, right. as you, and, um, and I called on it. And they said, oh, my God, we just posted this. I said, well, I'd like to come see it. Um, they said, well, just, you know, it was they were closing. Just come by in the morning. So I come by at 10 in the morning to this dealership. It's, again, in the middle of winter. Um, and uh, it's, it, uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was not perfect. But, again, just really good under the surface, you know. Uh, it, as it turns out, it was a single-owner car from Florida, that the dealership picked up on auction. Uh, the headlights were very, uh, very, um, you know, um, you know, sun, sun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, uh, it was, it was, you know, kind of nice, but it was winter. So I, I thought, all right, let me take this thing for a test. Drive. So I take it for a test drive in winter. It's a Florida car. It doesn't even have DSSM. It doesn't have the, doesn't have the, the, you know, um, uh, you know, traction control. So, you know, it's slipping and sliding, but I go to a buddy of mine's garage and, uh, he's got a three car garage and he had one bay open. So yes. So we pulled it in and we just start combing all around and under and over this car. And it looked really good. And, um, and so an hour later, the dealership calls, <laughs> they're like, where, where are, are you? <laughs> where are you? Like oh, I'm, I'm on my way back now. I'm telling you. So 996 obviously has gone through its, um, you know, its 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 lows. Yes. But last year in February, I think was probably the start. Maybe January was the start of this you know, this rocket climb to value of these things where they just about doubled in in like three months. They have, but the Cabriolet in general, isn't it? I've noticed. Um on Bring a Trailer, on Beverly Hills Car Club, on places here in the UK as well, that all of a sudden, all the Cabriolets are coming out, the 964 Cabriolets, the 993 Cabriolets. There's a lot of Cabriolets on the market and the prices have gone up on cabs in general, haven't they? It seems to be like, you know, we went through all the others and now all the cabs have gone up. And I think the 996 was a similar thing. You know, the, the, the coupes went up and then the cabs were a little bit slower to go up and now everyone's realizing how great they are and everyone's, everyone's buying them again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So but, anyway, I but want. you said, but you said it wasn't a great example. And I'm looking at the images, and I want you to tell the listeners. Sorry, Greg. I want you to tell the listeners exactly what you bought. But it looks, it looks such like it looks so well kept. This car, it looks immaculate. So it was a one owner car, um, and I think it was in a parking garage in Florida or maybe um, next to another car because it had about. Um, probably 25 door names on it. And um, it wasn't super clean. 
again, right. with the surface, you could tell all, most of the dings were um, were superficial. So, you know, after uh, paintless dent repair and uh, and just I, I buffed out those headlights for, you know, almost half a day and um, and then just, you know, just uh, really uh, cleaned up the car. And it, it was just beautiful, just beautiful. Now, the car. So it was it's a speed yellow 996 Cabriolet C2. So it's just a base cap. Now, how unusual is it to have from my first? My first cabrio when I first saw it, yeah, and it had sport seats, a silver wheel, and sport exhaust. This was yeah. the old three black one that I had, that my brother-in-law now owns. This car has sport seats, a silver wheel, and sport exhaust. Like, it's crazy because you never see that steering wheel. Like such, yeah. <laughs> it's not a common wheel, is it? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. The other thing my car had in was the arrow kit, the rear arrow kit and the side arrow kit. And um, and I just thought, you know, it just made the car. To me, it makes that car. And my and it was funny because I was visiting California where my sister lives, and we were um, just heading to her house. And we're we're in traffic in Los Angeles. And I, and I said to her, I said, hey, Kim, uh, that's Larry. Uh, three cars ahead of us. She's like, how do you know? <laughs> I said, there's no other cab to 996 like that because it has that very rare arrow kit wing that's yeah. designed for Cabrio. Actually, I found one on Facebook Marketplace, new old stock. Some guy was getting rid of in the box with every all the pieces needed. All right. Yeah, so I thought, okay. So it had to be painted yellow. Uh and also, too, the other thing that was that was not so good about this car was this, the back of the sports seats. I don't know what this guy put in his back seat, but they were just awful. So I thought, all right, I'm going to get this this wing painted. Why not paint the console and paint the backs of the seats? Like would have been an option in in that era. So um, so that's it looks great. It looks great. I have to. I'm a big fan of this painted console. I have to admit, even in the 997. You know, I've always sort of played with the idea of even my car. My car's only Arctic silver, but I've always played with the idea of painting my center console in the in the silver, because I really and I, you know in in speed yellow, in guards red, in in Carrara white, the, the center console and the back of those sports seats it just changes the whole car, doesn't it? It just looks it just looks great, it really does. And I love speed yellow. I mean, Marco, uh, my friend Marco, obviously in Sydney, has got the speed yellow turbo. And speed yellow color in, in the 996 is just a great color. And it changes so much in the light, that color, doesn't it, Greg? It does. It does. And, and so I, I walk back into the dealership after an hour, and there is a crowd of salespeople, and they're all looking at me. And they're like, do you want to buy this car? And I'm like, uh, well, I, maybe. And so, I, so they said, well, we have 12 people right now that want to buy this car. Really? Two people from California. They're willing to wire the money right away. There were two people waiting in the dealership. There were other local people that had appointments later in the day. So, And here, uh, you, are, here you are casually taking the car away for an hour or so. <laughs> I sit down with the sales lady and I said, okay, let's talk price. How much do I get off of this car? And she looked at me and she said, are you kidding? I said, yeah, I understand. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, it was, I, I mean, I don't know if I should say the price, but I'll say this, uh, in last February, a, a Speed Yellow 996 Cab 2 with 
40,000 miles, it was under 30. It was unbelievable. Well, they've doubled now, haven't they? They've at least doubled. I know in Australia, I know in the Australian market, I don't know about UK, but in London, but in Australia, I know that they're... There were cabs at four, you know forty thousand Australian, and now they're eighty thousand Australian. So yeah. they've doubled. Well, even the next week, well, I think the dealership had another one. I just but but in silver, and it was ten grand more, right? Mm. Because there was such a you know there was such a response. So so uh, but anyway, um, you know the dings have got came out. The you know I, I got the spoiler. It, it kind of recreated that car that I had in '03, uh, and. Uh, and then the only other thing I did was um, I've just been a fan of those sport techno wheels forever. And I just thought, you know, what a great addition. So I, I sourced some sport technos and had them, um, had them powder coated in a dark gray and just, uh, just, uh, just a, sport technos. A, have you got yeah. an image of that? I don't think I've seen the image of that. Have I? Uh, it's on that. Uh, I think it is on that. It's on, it should be on Instagram. Okay. They're the, they almost look like blades. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yep. 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 And you've got the stripe on the side too. You added that one as well. Yeah. And the uh, sport technos are actually hollow spokes, so they're lightweights. Um, so they're, it's a nice addition. So I sourced some of those, and and again, not a you know not a tremendously popular wheel from back in the day, but uh, it just uh, it's a neat look. So you've gone full circle. You've gone full circle. You've come back to the to the cab, and it's a good one as well. So you've got a. Not a red, not, not not another guard's red. You've got a speed yellow this time, so you've got a good combination there. Yeah, and I did put the uh, Porsche uh, radio, the uh, Sport Classic, you know, for the the doubled in um, version for the nine eight six, and it's you know it's got Apple CarPlay. I did have to, um, so the car had forty thousand miles. It it didn't have um, the uh, IMS done. Right. And so the first thing I did was I had IMS water pump rear main seal uh which is you know just and and you know there was a, a touch and go period there so um you know for the, the listeners out there uh 996 has they, there's two major issues with the engine you know one is the ims the other one is much much worse called bore scoring so a lot of times the cylinder walls will score and that's an instant rebuild um as it turned out, the, the guy that I took it to, who's who's a specialist in this in this type of repair, um, you know, he he always does. He takes the car apart in front of you because he wants you to see what's going on, which I thought was so valuable. So, and there wasn't a there was a moment, uh, more than a moment, that I thought I may have had a bad engine, because when he. Um, when he took the um, the pan down, and he took he actually took the pan down. He liked it. It was just you know the oil the oil was spent. When right. he cut open the when he cut open the oil filter, there were metal flake. So then we had to get the oil analyzed. We had to get everything done. As it turns out, the oil probably hadn't been changed in a long time from the previous owner, and the dealership didn't change it. And so they were just small aluminum bits that were part of the casting. So no, no terrible metal stuff. And he took a uh, bore scope and looked at the, the cylinders and they were fine. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a, a car that's just ready to go. And again, just a, you know, when you, when you drive the old stuff and then you hop into that, it's, it, you know, by today's standard, it's, it's, it's still a, a more, uh, you know, authentic drive, but it's, again, it's a modern drive. It's, it's, 
Because, because it was a 996, so Greg, and I've asked this question many times before to other 996 owners, didn't you think that, you know, you said you took it to your buddy's shop, you, you know, you had a look at the car, you, you know, in his garage. You didn't think that maybe you should have got a full PPI done because it is a 996 or, or nine, people who are looking at 997s because of the IMS and the ball scoring issue? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I did. I didn't have a full PPI done in it. I mean, there are some telltale signs, um, and so again, they always look at the um, you, you look at the exhaust tips on the driver's side. If it's dark, that that typically indicates potential bore scoring. I mean, there were there were no um, obvious issues, um, so I did I did take a little risk on that one, knowing the history of that car. Um, but it did, uh, you know, for the price, um, it did work out, and yeah. uh, and it was it it was. Um, you know, it did present itself as a, um, you know, as a, as a, as a good car. And then they did analyze the over revs and there were no over revs in the car. So, I mean, they, he did that, you know, when I had the, um, the, the IMS done, he did a full analysis and the car came out. Good. Oh, that's good. So the, you had the water pump, you had the IMS when they're in there though, and having a look 40,000 miles, the clutch is okay. The clutch had been changed before that, oh, that didn't need it. Yeah, I did that. Clutch, oh, you so did that as well. Pump. Yeah, clutch, water, rear main seal, water pump, and IMS. So it was, you know, it was, uh, it it's was. It's a big bill. It's not a cheap bill, is it? There's a lot of work there involved in it, all that. It's not, but I, my my purchase price was good, so I was comfortable with. You know, I was very happy as as a bit of insurance and a new lease to drive this car. You know, just without any worry and and have it be a good a good machine. Yeah, you definitely you definitely have to do it. That's for sure. Um, so four Porsches in your garage. Yes. Is that it now? Is there anything else to come? Is there another one that you that you think I've got to get that one day? Uh, there's 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 a list, but you know it's it's uh, one one day we'll see we'll see. I just uh, you know right now I'm taking a little break, but uh, I'm sure something will will happen probably in February. In February. <laughs> that seems to be when all these cars find me. So. I know. I was going to say you you you're big on finding them in winter. Is that because winter is always the bargain the bargain time, where you can uh, always find the ones where there's not a lot of people looking during winter? Because you found some great cars during that period of the year, haven't you? Yeah, I think it was probably because I had the time and wasn't out and about, you know. So, uh, but it it just it is funny how they all, you know, many of them uh, were in snowstorms. So, so. Just for the listeners, though, Greg, you know the the four cars that you own, the four Porsches that you own. Which is the which is the one which has probably got the highest maintenance for you since you've had it? I mean, obviously you've only had the the cab for not very long, but what is the what is the one that you'd say is costing you the much the most each year, just for maintenance wise? Um, I, I you know what I I mean there there were maintenance things like the IMS. Like in the um, nine four four, the timing belt. Um, the um, you know I did do for the um, for the three five six. I did uh, redo the brakes and I added a dual master cylinder. Okay. Um, so because um, you know the, I, I think it was a, you know a safety thing, but but that and for that car um, that was really um, the uh, the big one. Uh, so each car really had you know uh that i probably the least amount of 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 maintenance was the was the g series 3.2 so far okay because I, I didn't have any major thing to kind of worry about for 
for um, you know for potential uh, safety or or uh, reliability. But now that all the main stuff is done, honestly, it's 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 really just easy maintenance and a lot of you know oil changes I do myself. So, but um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's been really fun. And that's pretty much it, isn't it? When you buy these cars, you know, as long as you do all the the catch up maintenance, almost it's all the catch up or the preventative stuff in the beginning. Then it's just general sort of wear and tear, general maintenance, isn't it? You just got to get it to that point where it's where it's sorted, basically. Yeah, yeah, and then and then a lot of these cars, it's it's weird because each one, um, I've I've done modifications to to a point where like I get to this point where like okay, it's it's right, it's right. It looks, you know, it's got you know like with the three five six, you know, adding those wheels or adding the driving line of fogs you know the french you know marcel fogs or or you know doing the other you know things to just you know the little headlight grills and things like that i think in the seats they've got the personality they've got your personality they've got your touch to it and and it works really well yeah the yellow one with this you know with the painted seats and the wheels and and even the 86 you know the fact that it came like that was like yeah Oh my! And the fact that I have all the original stuff, which you know, will always stay with the car. So if somebody wants to put it back, they can. And and I have, um, you know, my my three five six did not have date coated original wheels. So I actually sourced date coated wheels. I had them restored. So I have the original chrome wheels. Fantastic. The original, you know, date date correct. Had them refinished. I could take the mollies off and put the silver wheels on. Oh, that's I good. Could take, I could take the seats out and put the original seats back in. And by the way, the passenger seat, the original, has a headrest, which was was for comfort, and so it's got a single headrest on the on the passenger oh, side. Right. Another unusual option, but wow. Yeah. So, what about the? Let's talk about. Uh, we're getting to the end of the podcast, but let's just talk about the other um, the other three five six. Oh yes, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> the famous one. I mean, I've seen this. You know, I have to say to you, I saw it on your Instagram, and I have to say, it wasn't until this evening when I looked at it before we came online together that I realized you'd bought it because I'd seen this sculpture so many times before on Flat Six's blog or something else. You know, I'd seen it written about, and I didn't realize that it's yours. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, <clears throat> there's, uh, you know, I have a connection to uh, a small town in Tennessee. And I was visiting this town, and and in this town is an artist named Topiary Joe. And Joe is, an, uh, first of all, a car guy to the nth degree. In fact, we did the, um, we did the Tale of the Dragon together. I mean, he's just, he's just the class of, you know, free, free-form artistic brain, you know, and a super good guy. So I'm driving by his house. I, I didn't know him. And I drive by, and there is a Porsche in wire, wire sculpture <laughs> of a yeah. Porsche. And for anybody who doesn't know what a topiary is, it's a structure that is where they add little plants to it. So it's a sculpture that you put greenery on. And he creates, he creates full-size elephants. He has done topiaries for the entire world, uh, for whether it's you know business events or whether it's people that just want a tope, you know, like he was doing, um, I think they were, uh, he was doing elephants, small elephants for, uh, for like a local, you know, an owner of a car wash wanted topiary elephants with rainbow topiary elephants and all their washers, wash plates, you know, Mm. their location. So, 
So anyway, I, I pulled up in his driveway and I started talking about that thing. And that was probably three or that was pr- probably three or four years before COVID. And, uh, and I'll tell you, it's a sculpture. And, um, and so, you know, when I first talked to him, uh, you know, it was, um, it was a bit over my budget, but it was, um, I just kind of became more friendly with them. And we then started hanging out a little bit. And then I finally brought it up again and we kind of came to a little agreement and sure enough, the, uh, you know, the, the only topiary speed or actually portion number one, uh, is, uh, is in my yard now. So I have to. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of listeners have seen this because it is, it's full scale, right? It's full scale. I saw it on your Instagram rolling off the truck. It rolls. It's rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe said to me, he goes, we can put an engine in this thing. I'm like, Joe, <laughs> he goes, I have one. No, we could just, let's, let's do a lab up. Oh, it's okay, no, it's great. So where yeah. have you got that? Have you got that in, on, <clears throat> on your property? <clears throat> yeah, I do. Yeah. So oh, that's great. It's really, it's really nice. Have you got the plants in it or it's just the wire sculpture? Well, I just, I, I you know, it's, it, I haven't, you know, I'm still thinking about what to do with it, but uh, it's it's a little it's getting a little rusty around the edges. So I may, you know, I want to get it so that um, it, it it doesn't have the rust on it. So I may do something with rust encapsulator or something. And then uh, one of my one, one of my buddies, as I posted that, put you know you know that that's a natural for Christmas lights. I'm like, oh yeah. So I <laughs> it's a great thing to have, though. <clears throat> it's yeah. a great thing to have. You, you, I tell you what. I'm envious. I'm envious of this garage. It's a really good garage. Um, we're almost at the end, Greg. We always like to keep these to an hour, about an hour and a half, but that's that's good. Um, let's talk about, with these four cars that you have, and I know you, you like to drive. Like you said before, you've you've taken the 356 at Luft on the track. You've taken your, your 911 86 coupe on the track. Where would you where would you recommend for the listeners? Anyone's coming to Chicago area or even you know nearby nearby states? Where would you say um, is the best place to to really get your car out to get your Porsche out and, and and drive it? Okay, there's one drive that is just well known around the Chicago area, but it's a, it you know it's about a a, a three hour drive to Galena, Illinois, but there's something called the old stagecoach trail and you go from lena to galena and it is a roller coaster and most people think of illinois as flat and this road is just you know tremendous and so i i would if if you ever get a chance to, to take a little excursion uh lena to galena is fantastic so. fantastic and what about uh what about tale of the dragon is it somewhere you like to drive that's always on everyone's lips, isn't it? The tail of the dragon. Is it as good as what everyone makes out it to be? It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. And, you know, it's. Uh, you know, it. it you know, there's. You, you have to be. It, it's. It, it. You have to be careful. You have to be careful because there's a lot of action on the weekends. It's probably better to do it during the week. Uh, but um, but my experience on Tail of the Dragon, I, I did the Rensport Dragon Rally, which is a. All right. A um, an organized event hold twice a year it's phenomenal and the nice thing about that event is they really uh, educate you they call it staying between the mustard and the mayo so between the white line and the yellow line because there's so many curves and you have to stay in your lane you can't cut a curve because someone you won't see somebody coming at you right and so you know, you know that it's 
it's a challenging drive, but it's exhilarating. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it was funny. The uh, and any you'll see everything on there. It's crazy. I mean, you'll see Lambos to you know. We I drove it, and you 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 know you you can drive it two different ways. You know, obviously, you know, to and from the there's a start finish on both ends. And as I finished up, there were about a hundred VWs wow. ready to go. Yeah, just Volkswagen buses and bugs, all hippied out, and they were going on the drag. So I mean it. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a really cool drive. It, it, is there, if, you know, for someone like me that doesn't know much about it, is there, is there a period of time which is a, a quieter time of year where you should go to the Tale of the Dragon, or is it always busy? Is it always just, you know, crazy? Yeah, it's, I, I'm sure it's always busy. But I, I've been, you know, I, we, did, um, we did the Tale, um, you know, because they had a bunch of local drives, and there are many beautiful local drives to the area. But the tail we did, I think, on a Thursday. Um, and so, again, I, I think uh, middle week is probably better than weekend. Um, but and then obviously there's there is there are four seasons in that area. So you'll, you will get ice and snow and, and things like that. So, you know, but but someone once told me about that area that you have. A, there's a long spring and a long fall. And so, right. you know, probably three quarters of the year is, is a great time to drive that route. All right, Greg. We're almost at the end. Um, you said that the you said you were going to a, a Porsche event today tonight in Chicago after we record because we're recording this a little bit in advance. Your episode is, you know, going to be live in a few weeks. Um, Chicago's got a really good Porsche culture, hasn't it? There's that event in in Chicago that you mentioned to me. Is it check it out, check it out Chicago, whatever it was called? What is that one called? Okay, so checking it out is in the fall. A uh, phenomenal event, and if you ever come back to Chicago, oh, Michael. That's the weekend you should. I'm going to come back at that time. That's why I'm asking you. <laughs> the date has been announced, um, and so there's a one of the groups that helps or that has that is this the creator of Checked It Out. Uh, they also have something called Low End Garage, and so okay. they're a little event tonight. Uh, but um, you know, uh, we'll have to. Uh, Announce. Maybe you can. I, I. I don't. I think it's in August. Do you mind if I look up the date for check? Not it at out? all. Not at all. And I noticed. I just tell the listeners too on your Instagram, and I'll give the listeners your Instagram now before we we close out the podcast. Um, Greg's Instagram is at opposing cylinders, opposing underscore cylinders. So go and check out Greg's Instagram. Give him a follow and tell him you heard his story here on Owner's Stories. Um, we didn't get to go through all the bikes that you have, but I know you have a few BMWs on there as well, um, Greg, which we didn't actually cover. Um. But lots of great images. And also there's that picture I saw where you're in one of the books, aren't you? Yeah, that was, uh, so my car was uh, one of the feature cars and checked it out in uh, 2019. And uh, it was a story car. So one of the things that uh, Checked It Out has done is focused on the, really the, the story or the experience of Porsche ownership, which is, such, that's why it's such a great, great, great event. And they do such a great job. For this year, it's uh, August 27th, which is uh, a Saturday. And okay. uh, if anybody wants to see a pre go to a premier Porsche event that is really, I think, uh, you know, on the order of Luft in, in any other event, it's it's just tremendous. They, they do such a great job. Yeah, I have seen things about it over the years on um, – how many years has it been going for? A few years. Yeah, I think uh, 2018 might have been the first yeah, year. Yeah, I remember seeing posts about it and – I think someone sent it to me at one point and said this is a great event. I remember, I remember seeing it years ago, a few years back now. Um, yeah. All right, that's good to look out for. 
Greg, we're at the end. Okay. Well, I made it. We made it. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. It was a great story. Look, there's so much to cover. It's always very difficult when when you have when owners are not difficult. It's great for me. I, I love talking about Porsches, as you know. But when you've got a few cars, it takes us a while to get through them all. I think we covered them all really, really well. Um, before we go, though, I want to ask you: Is there a favorite? I, 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 don't make me choose. <laughs> <laughs> It's they're they're all so great. I, I would never I I would be hard pressed to 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 let go of any one of them. So, yeah. Just because, you know, and I hear that sometimes on, on you know the Porsche cold stories where they you know where some of the owners will say you know what I I kind of let this one go and, and then I let this one go. I'm thinking myself, how did you let that go? <laughs> it's a great collection though. You've got a great you've got a great uh, variety of, car, of of Porsches there. That's for sure. Fantastic. Greg, is there anything else you'd like to uh, share with the listeners before we go? Uh, just one thing, Michael. I just am so glad uh, you're back. And I, I, I just think, you know, I, I, I said this to you in a, in a, in a message, but I, I think what you provide for the for Porsche owners, for the, the regular guys, is just what we're doing out there. I mean, we're so, we listen to all these podcasts with all these, you know, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld's of the world. And he just... And, you know, th- this is the real deal. And, um, you know, you know, Jerry was once one of us, too, you know, as far as, you know, he's got his start and story. But but I, it's so cool. And I have learned so much from the owners that you talk to because, you know, somebody who has a 996 and they had this particular issue or that issue, you know, I, my ears open up. So uh, I'm just happy you're back and, and uh, love it. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Greg. Thanks so much. All right. We'll leave it there. Greg, thanks so much for being on Owner Stories today. Much much appreciated. Thank you. All right, everyone. Uh, that's Greg coming in from Chicago. What a collection. What a garage. 1964 356 C. Is it C, right? I keep going yeah. SEC. 1986 911 Carrera uh, Club Sport Clone. 1989 944 Turbo S. And an 03 996 Cabriolet in Speed Yellow. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Porsche Cool Podcast. Bye for now.